It's time to get away from it all. Doesn't matter if you say you or y'all. Let's all get out there and have some fun. Bluff City Outdoor Show is for Welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show. Thank you, Perry Woods, and indeed, welcome to another edition of the Bluff City Outdoors show here on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Got a great show for you this weekend. My name is Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Leah and my partner, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors, Mark McMurray. Great to see you, buddy. Hey, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Another crazy weekend. Uh, don't know if you're listening to this on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. or Sunday at noon, but there is supposed to be... Big chunks of dry time this weekend, but again, some some storms in our area. And as usual, when these storms happen, they there's there's a chance of some of them being severe. Yep. It's like every time it rains these days, it's like there's severe wind that accompanies them. somewhere. <laughs> there's never just regular. It's never just a regular shower. Yeah, we can't just get that. Uh, you know, nice slow. Rain yeah, for twelve or yeah, like a hours. good soaking rain yeah. to you know replenish, you know, water the grass and fill the rivers and lakes back up a little bit. It's always like it's always uh, Wizard of Oz. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what's going on out there, but that area uh, over in, in North County, the Spanish Lake areas, it's gotten blasted a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, man, Spanish Lake is a it's still a it's still a really good lake to fish in. I've I've caught some big bass out of Spanish Lake and catfish out of Spanish Lake over the years, and Sunfish Lake is right up there in that yeah, area. Yeah, buddy too. of mine was talking about. It. He said that that actually can be pretty good at times too. Yeah, yeah, and both of them, you know, both of those lakes have boat ramps in them, and um, you know, obviously you can't, you know, there's no no gas motor, but you can troll around those those lakes, and they're both like somewhere between. 35 and 40 acres. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good size. Pretty good yeah. size, yeah. And um, yeah, I've had a lot of success. Those are two two spots that uh, you don't want to forget about when you're looking for somewhere to fish, especially if you do live up north a little bit. Um, Sunfish and, and Spanish Lake, which are literally right, right next, next door to each, each other, other yeah, yeah uh, are two great... Uh, Great spots to check out, and we'll uh, we'll talk about other great places to check out. Of course, during our fishing report, we bring you the fishing report at the end of every edition of the Bluff City Outdoors Show. So definitely keep it here for that. We're also going to have a special guest during the fishing report. Our very own Gabe Montgomery, one of our fishing reporters and the host of the Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel, he is going to join us in that uh, in that final part of the show later on today. When we bring you the fishing report, we'll talk to Gabe about uh, some of the recent experiences out there on the water and get his portion of the fishing report live from him. Also, in a few minutes, we are going to talk to Anthony Maggart. We have talked, Mark, recently about some of the triple-digit catfish caught in our area. And Anthony is one of the guys who just caught the 104. 104, yep. 104-pound catfish on the Mississippi River just a couple of weeks ago. And so we're going to talk to him about that experience and some of the other experiences out there yeah, on the river. Yeah, he's a fisherman, and that's not his personal best. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what it is? 114. We'll ask him. Yeah, two, yeah. yeah 114. Yeah, nice. And what's the record again? Ago. I know I ask, I ask you this every week. What's the Missouri and what's the Illinois the record? The Illinois record's 124.3, I think, and it's 130 for the Missouri record. Yeah. And I think the world record's 143. Yeah, yeah. Man, First, I'm telling you. I I believe that one of those records, one of those state records, will fall 
like d- during the life of this show, yes, whether it be this year or next year or, you know, but in, in the near future, I think that that's going to happen. They're, they're able to find those fish and they can, you know, they're real, those fish are sensitive to the sonar and the electronics, but you can help yeah. find them where they're hanging. So you still got to get them to bite. And. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember, I think it was last time we had Mike Marfell in here. We were talking about the new, and we've talked a lot about the new electronics and the sonar and how specific it is and how much you can see with it. But I've I've heard people mention multiple times that the fish can actually, they're actually sensitive to that technology. So what a lot of fishermen do, and correct me anytime I'm wrong here because I'm just figuring all this out. So what a lot of fishermen do is they go in, they turn on the electronics and they take a peek. And then they, they turn, turn it off, off. Yes. because they want to see, but they know that if they keep it on there, then Those fish feel. So it. what is it? Is it like an electrical current that they feel no, like? A, what is the, what is, what are they feeling? Because you're sending out a signal and it's bouncing back off of them. That's how you get the, the image. So yeah. it, it's hitting them and coming just like back. A, just like a traditional radar yeah, signal? Yeah, just like a traditional radar signal. So it's, so it's a vibration that they're feeling maybe? I think it's or? an electronic signal. Yeah. A radio wave type thing. Gotcha. You know, I'm not exactly. But they can feel it. But they can feel it. I mean, because especially catfish seem to be really sensitive to it. But then their whole body is just like. Is that weird? Like yeah. why? Well, they, they, it's, I know it's more intense radar, but it was radar before, wasn't it? And the older electronics wasn't always. Yeah, but. You know, that's kind of new to the them using it in the catfish world. Ah, okay. So they didn't really, you know, weren't using it. Gotcha. But now they're using it. Find where they live. Find where they run. Find where they're feeding. You know. That has to be a, um, that has to be a, a uh, um, unintended consequence. Because you'd think that if you knew that was the case as you were developing this stuff, you may not. It, I, I, it sounds to me like people didn't realize that they could feel it or react to it until it was already in use. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think there's any way to get around that. You know, right. it's just right. You just it just can't, is what it can't is. Keep it on them. Yeah, you, know, you take a quick look. Okay, there, there's one. Yeah, you know, two hundred yards out. Yeah. Okay. So and fish are smarter than you think. Fish are not. Yeah. They're, and 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 fish are smarter. They. Yeah. They're they, not. They'll they, start putting it together that hey, whenever I feel, feel this, that. something else, you know, like something so happens. I'm getting ready to have a bait piece of bait thrown <laughs> exactly. in front of me. Exactly. <laughs> so if it happens out. continuously, they'll start to figure that stuff out. And then, you know, that just creates another, it's the game. Yep. It's the whole, which is the great thing about fishing and hunting and everything else. That's the game. A lot of people don't realize carp are notoriously smart. So yeah. if you catch them on something, yeah, they won't bite it again. Yeah. Yeah. They, these you know, you big see those. European things, they constantly have to be changing their recipes to get those fish to bite. Wow. That's amazing. Once you catch them, yeah. they're not going to bite it again. Yeah. You know, you see those big, you see those big carp, you know, they're always right along the, the shore, you know, the, right along the, the bank. And we see them all the time at like the Lake of the Ozarks. We have, you know, a condo at the Lake of the Ozarks and, you know, you, you're the little kids, like my son will see that big fish and it's just, it's right there. Like dad, it's right there. Just catch it. Just catch it. You know, like put, you know, and you can, you can even try like bottom feeders. I mean, you could even put, you know, something that's going to just sit right, right down in front of them. And they'll just mosey right on by yep. all the time. I have my buddy Perry Woods did catch one one time that was it was amazing. This thing was huge. Just just messing around like that. Just like I'm just gonna drop something down in front of it and see what happens. And we did catch it, but that's a one in a million. Yeah, normally, normally they're pretty <laughs> tough to catch. They're normally tough to catch, and they yeah yeah. And people will look at them and go, "It's just right there. Why can't you catch it? It's just right. You know, just put the food right in front of it. It'll 
But no, they are. They're smarter than that. Yeah. A lot of them are smarter than that, and and it takes a lot more, a lot more skill to catch them. So very much looking forward to talking to Anthony about the 104-pound fish that he just caught a couple weeks ago and also some of those other big fish that he's caught and also his thoughts on how close we're getting to maybe a record fish and all of those things. So very much looking forward to that and also looking forward to talking to the 10-horse Monty Gabe Montgomery in, uh, during the fishing report segment of the show a little bit later on. Um, wanted to, while we have a moment here, touch base on not only is it a great time to be talking about fishing and getting out there on the water, but of course it is a great time to be getting prepared for hunting season. Every time we do another show, every time uh, we talk, Mark, we're a week closer to archery season and all of that kicking off in uh, both Missouri and Illinois. And of course, up there at Bluff City Outdoors in Alton is the place to go to make sure that you have your gear ready. Um, I would imagine that a lot of the guys in the area right now are yeah. dropping off their bow yeah. up there with yeah, uh, pretty Jeff much and, every day. We're getting getting bows and crossbows dropped in for new strings and tuning. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, and that's you know that's what we wanted to see. You know, like I said, we're still kind of new, but people are finding out about us. So yeah, yeah. And then once they find out the quality of the text we got. That makes a huge difference. Well, Jeff, I mean, I Jeff's know you have a couple of, but he's, he's the man. Yep. He's the man. He sets the scale. Yeah, so uh, best of the best when it comes to Botex in the area up there at Bluff City Outdoors in Alton. So drop your bow off now, get it restringed, get it tuned up, ready for next archery season, which is uh, unbelievably just a few weeks away. Also just a few weeks away is the Alton Catfish Alton Classic. Catfish Classic, yep. How's, what's the latest there? Yep, so we still got a few spots left. Where we've picked up, I think, three more entries this past week. Mm-hmm. So it's getting close to being sold out. Real you know, close. Uh, yeah, we're down into the single digits now. And, uh, we're, you know, we want to get it sold out. And, uh, I, man, I, I tell you, if this cooler weather holds, we should really see some some tremendous stringers of fish. Oh. Because it's, you know, normally you're coming out of August real hot. But this August yeah. hasn't been bad and the nights are cool. What are we, about a month away? Yeah, we're like four weeks away. Man. That's awesome. I'm excited. I really want to see that. I want to see a triple digit fish. Yes. And I'd love to see those three fish press that 200 pound. Yeah, mark. the 200 pound mark. Yeah, that one three a uh, hundred pound fish is a milestone that will fall, I believe, soon. Whether it's this year or in, uh, in that tournament. Uh, but that if if you could have one or the other happen in the tournament, would you rather have the 200 pound yeah, total? Because that is that is something that's, that's real special. That's 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 tough. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, that doesn't that hasn't happened in very many three fish limit it, tournaments. No, nope, it's never happened in the three fish limit. Oh, really? Like I said the only time it happened with three fish was in a five fish limit, but the first three weighed two twenty four. Gotcha. And gotcha. that was out of Grafton, so, right? A few years ago. Yeah. So, and and uh, it really highlights the waterways here in our area and how special how it is to have those two big rivers and the Illinois River too, but the yep. Missouri and the Mississippi River and the Illinois River all in that one area. This this the fishery that that creates for, it's tremendous, for right? us is just something that uh, is so cool that we and, get. And Anthony's partner in the Alton Catfish Classic was one of the three guys on that boat that did the oh, 24. Oh, really? So, oh, so yeah. we can talk to him about that, too? Yep. Oh, can't wait for that. So, yeah, so uh, Alton Catfish Classic. Follow the Alton Catfish Classic on Facebook. That's the best place to yep. get all of the details about the tournament. What's the grand prize this year? Twenty thousand for first. Twenty thousand dollars for first place. How many does it pay out? How many down? Ten. Ten. First ten spots pay twenty thousand dollars for first place. One of the biggest catfish tournaments in the country. Certainly, probably the biggest in the Midwest. 
and there's still a couple spots left, so take advantage of that. Also, if you just want to come out and watch, it is such a great time. I've been there the last several years now uh, just as a spectator, watching the weigh-in, watching those trucks pull up, watching them get them, pull them big fish out, put them on the scale and all of that. It's an absolute blast. So whether you are participating or you just want to come out and watch the festivities, mark your calendars. It's, uh, what is the exact date? September 9th. September 9th in Alton there as part of the Alton Expo and the Alton Fairgrounds. And uh, we'll obviously talk a whole lot more about it as we get closer. But it is right around the corner. So make sure you get all those details. And uh, if you still want to, if you want to participate, it's not too late. But you got to sign up like ASAP. Get all those details yeah. by following. We just had another company come through with uh, just giving a $250 gift card to their their uh, brand uh, for highest placing veteran and oh. another 250 for highest placing youth and oh, another 250 so cool. for highest placing female. Nice. That's great. Now, I'm going to say it. Guys out there in the tournament, if you declare to be a woman, we're going to put you to the lie detector test. <laughs> it's not simple identification. It's just not like you can just identify like that day. I mean, no, well, no. You're what if have... you identify as a youth? <laughs> that doesn't yeah, count either. That doesn't count. Okay. So. Well, good. There's a little common yeah, sense we, in the rules are, there. Yes, we have common sense rules. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. Get all the details, uh, and especially if you want to participate, especially if you want to grab one of those last spots, you need to do it now. Go to the Alton Catfish Classic Facebook page, and you can get all the details on how to on how to get involved. Uh, great stuff there. All right, lots to talk about and some great stories, I am sure, coming up here in just a moment. We're going to talk to Anthony Maggard. He is the guy who just caught the 104-pound catfish in the Mississippi River. He's also, as you mentioned, his teammate is one of the uh, guys who was part of the 200-pound uh, yeah, the first three fish they weighed. Yeah, yep. first three fish at 200 pounds, which is something that uh, milestone that is never happened in a three fish tournament before, but uh, could happen this year at the yep. Alton Catfish Classic. I think we might have the right conditions. Yeah, a lot of cool, a lot of cool stories, I'm sure, and uh, we'll get them from Anthony Maggard here in just a moment. We'll talk to him next on the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 94.1 East Talk STL. This is the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. This whiskey sure tastes fine right now, but it ain't doing the trick, no. It ain't getting me gone. Welcome back to Bluff City Outdoors Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo in studio with producer Leah and my partner Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors. And joining us now on the line, as we mentioned, one of our guests this week. We're going to talk to Gabe Montgomery, the 10-horse Monty. In a few minutes, but right now, Anthony Maggard from Bluff City Outdoors is on the line with us. And Anthony is one of the guys who made news here recently, Mark, with the with the most recent three-digit, triple-digit catfish. 104. 104-pound catfish caught a couple weeks ago in the Mississippi River. And, uh, Anthony, really appreciate your time. I love to talk to guys uh, who have these stories about catching these giants and, uh, you know, close to record-sized fish. So really appreciate your time today. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Really glad to have you on. So, as Mark mentioned that last segment, uh, recent 104-pound catfish, but not even your personal best. So, hunting these uh, these big cats uh, in the Mississippi River is something that you uh, that you've made a specialty out of. Yes, it's like saying it's something I've done since I was a little kid with my father. <laughs> 
So how many? Takes them all over. Yeah, yeah. So how special is it for you? I would imagine that there's still something magical about that hundred pound uh, limit. You've probably caught a lot of a lot of really big fish, but something about uh, tipping the scales and getting that triple digit is still probably got to be something that uh, that feels pretty cool. Oh, it is. It's, it's it's rare. It's not you know. It don't happen all the time. Right. You know, to catch I caught two of them now over a hundred pounds. So. Yeah. It's something to, it's a great accomplishment. Yeah. So tell us about some of the uh experiences out there on uh, on the river here recently. Is fishing getting, you know, you said you've been doing it your whole life. Is it uh is it better now? Is it worse? Is it the same? Are there big differences? You know, like just kind of take us through some of that uh some of that journey and some of those experiences of of being out on the water for such a long time. I think it's the same. I mean, you just got to locate the fish, find the fish, and see if you can get them to bite. A lot of times, you know, it's a lot of pressure when you're fishing tournaments and stuff like that. You know, a lot of stress on you trying to find good fish and quality fish. But as far as the fishery, I think it's still an excellent fresh fishery in the Alton, Illinois area. It's just unbelievable the amount of 100-pound fish that's been pulled out of there over the years. Yeah, it really is. Did you have a question? No, no, I was okay. just say yeah. I mean, because, you know, it seems like every few weeks, well, you know, either one of the guides will get one or we'll hear one somewhere in the area, you know, usually half a dozen of them during yeah. the summer. Yeah. And Anthony, are you somebody who will, you know, we've talked to guides and other folks on the on the show before, you know, that they will identify that there's one of these giants somewhere in the area and they will, you know, they'll they'll track that one specific fish. Is that is that your style, or are you just out to are you are you just out fishing, you know, recreationally, having a good time? And you certainly have the skills and the know how and the knowledge to catch the big guys. But do you do you like do you identify that there's like this one big fish out there, and then and then start to zero in on on you know one specific fish? Yeah, I just I mainly I just locate, try to locate the big ones. You can tell if they're big fish or not, and locate them. Like not all times you're gonna give them to the bite, but yeah. you know, or sometimes you will. It's right. just a matter of locating them and finding them. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm glad you brought up the fishery, the the area. We were just talking about this a moment ago. Um, I, I, I think that, that fishermen know, I think the people that are in the industry, they know how special this area is and how lucky we are to have this incredible situation with the confluence of these big rivers of the Mississippi and the Missouri and even the Illinois river all being there together. But, uh, this is a, what we have here in our area is not something that is enjoyed, especially for people like you, for cat people that are fishing for catfish, um, like uh, we have one of the we have a very unique and and pretty um, pretty awesome uh, area fishery for uh, that people can take advantage of in our area that uh, others in the country do not have that same luxury. My, is that a is that a true statement? Oh, it's very true. Like I say, I, I put this area probably top five in the United States. Yeah, yeah. As far as the best fisheries around, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You know the amount of you know. It's been fished hard over the years. We've had commercial fishermen fishing. They still fish it to this day, but mm. there's so many record catfish in that river. I look for it to be the world record to be broke around here. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about those record numbers, Mark, all the time. We talk about, you know, I, I, I agree with you, Anthony. I think that it's only a matter of time before the 
either the Missouri state record or the Illinois state record falls. We've what a feather in our cap if we have yeah, the world it, record. I, I, I you know I kind of agree with Anthony. You know that I think it could fall here or that 140 pound mark get get tipped over. Yeah, I mean you know I mean my buddy Will Anthony knows Will Will's Will's yeah. Will. Yeah, but he did show me the scans of a catfish that when we scaled it out is about six feet long. Woo! The world record and you know the, all these big ones are usually typically 57, 58 inches long. Yeah, I mean you go you're adding another foot. Man, you know, I mean, you're going to add a lot of weight. Yeah, and, yeah, you no. Know, and he he said he's thinks he's hooked it a couple of times and it's broken him off. Mm. So, mm. well, we've yeah. all caught, we've all had a world record on the line. I think in the yeah. past, right? I mean, we've all. <laughs> but I, I think it's out there. <laughs> so, Anthony, Anthony, can you walk us through that process a little bit of what it's like to, uh, you know, I don't want you to give away any secrets, you know, but just that that experience of when you when you've got a fish on, when you've got when you've made that when you you've made that connection, that fight to bring that big fish in, and you know how long does it take? You know what are you you know what are some of the things that you're doing to try to make sure that you don't lose it once it's on the line. And then uh, you know, just the, the just that whole experience of of catching that uh, that fish. How long how long does that fight take? You know, just kind of walk us through that whole process. Well, with the you know with the equipment, the right equipment, it it really don't take that long. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good fight, but you know if, if you have the right stuff and the right equipment, then you uh, yeah, just you can really. Uh, let that equipment really do its job. It's let it, yeah, let that equipment do its job and, and trust it to uh, to hold as you're reeling it in, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah, let it do its job. Like I say, it'll do its job, especially if, you, you know, you buy the good stuff. Mm-hmm. At Bluff City Outdoors. Stuff that's been proven over the yeah. – right, Bluff City Outdoors, we got it all down there. <laughs> Hello, baby. But, How real did you catch that on? Dakota? <laughs> I caught that on a – no, I caught it on a Garcia rocket. Rocket, okay, nice. Yep. I've That's been fishing. Yeah, I've been fishing with the sixty-five hundred rockets for years. Never had a problem out of them. And like I say, I caught one in two thousand fifteen that weighed uh, one fourteen. I caught it on a rocket too. Ooh. How one of my favorite reels. How how long of a fish is a hundred and four pound, one hundred and fourteen pound? Like you were just talking about a six foot fish being way bigger than the, yeah, the world ones that like. I, I was just happened to just look some up the other day. The they were all in that fifty seven, fifty eight. The world record in the Illinois and the Missouri were all in that fifty seven, fifty eight inches long. And the only thing that really was different on them was the girth, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was just a matter of a couple inches different on each yeah. one. So. Yeah, Anthony, with all your ex- yeah, go ahead. No, please go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. <clears throat> that hundred and fourteen I caught in two thousand fifteen. It was sixty one inches long. Wow. And I had it uh, weighed and certified through DNR. Because I knew it was close to the record. The record's 124 in the Illinois state record. Yeah, yeah. And actually, they told me that uh, if I'd have caught that fish a month earlier, it probably would have either beat the record or been right there with the record because it was a female. That she'd have had a full, been full of eggs. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 61 inches. I mean, that's, yep. Yeah, yeah. Would you when 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 they tell you that when a when a when a uh, a park ranger tells you that or somebody from the conservation department shares that information, Anthony, are you glad to know it or would you rather not know that you were that you were just a few weeks off of maybe having a record fish? Oh, I'm glad to know it. My main thing is, you know, I want to get the fish back in the back in the waters, you know, safely alive, and yeah. you know, they can swim away good. Somebody else can catch them, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's good. That's, yeah, I, I don't. I like that information. Yeah, that's awesome, and I and it just goes to show you the care we talk about it all the time. You know, it's the it's the it's the guys that do this regularly. It's the professional fishermen. It's the avid uh, recreational fishermen and hunters and 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 hikers and campers that take care of the water and the land and everything. So I, I think that that's a that's a that's a great thing. Um, have you noticed, Anthony, in your years of fishing out there in the Mississippi, the Missouri? I mean, we've been through a lot. You know, we've been through a lot of of we've seen floods, we've seen droughts, we've seen. Especially here recently, we've seen more pressure. You mentioned the commercial pressure. We've also seen more uh, recreational pressure on the water. As far as you can tell, are the fish still thriving in the water? Are they are they healthy? Are they well fed? Is is it still uh, are things still still doing good out there in the in the the confluence area, the Mississippi, Missouri, Illinois River area? Oh yeah, they're they're definitely thriving out there. Like say. This has been one of the best years so far, you know, as far as the spawn and all that and big fish being caught. I mean, they, they thrive out there. There's, you know, as long as people, you know, practice catch and release of them great big catfish, you know, we'll have them forever. Yeah. And, you know, the younger generation growing up will be able to catch them, you know, and there might be, you know, 50 pounds bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you had to deal very much with the Asian carp situation? Because I, I've had one experience, personal experience, with Asian carp flying over the boat, and it is something that, boy, if it, until you, you can watch all the videos you want on Asian carp, you can watch those crazy videos of these fish jumping in the boat and whatever, until you see it with your own eyes, you, you don't realize. Till that 10-pound fish smacks you in the face. Yeah, till that, how, like, these freaking torpedoes are just flying through the sky. Oh, hey. How how much it's is that? In the boat all the time. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you see? Is that pretty much just a common occurrence now for for folks that are out there on the Mississippi Missouri rivers? Very common, very common. Like I said, they don't like that motor sound, and that's what gets them to jump. They jump in the boat, but they are they're actually really really good catfish bait. Oh really? Oh well, that's good. Oh, they're really good catfish bait. Yeah, so it's we're actually you know helping by using them as catfish bait. Yeah, that is good. You know, I've I've noticed that we've adapted, haven't we? We've adapted with that because I remember, you know, several years back whenever this problem was happening, and it's certainly not a great thing that these Asian carp have come in, this invasive species has come in and, you know, have have created, you know, such an environment in in our area. But we've adapted in a way like the 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 fish, the the environment under the water has adapted and we've adapted above the water with with you know, using these fish for various things and you know, and it hasn't been the uh, the ecosystem killer that I think some were afraid of it was going to be at the beginning. Yeah, it seems like on. some of the seems like the the common carp and the buffalo are the two species of fish that have really suffered because they kind of compete for food. Gotcha. And uh, but catfish <clears throat> are eating them. You know, the white bass and uh, the hybrids and the stripers they're they're eating them. So those game fish are you know it's another food source. Yeah, that's good. That's great to know. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. It's great to talk to you. I hope that we get you back on again sometime very soon, and we're talking about an even bigger fish. And uh, Mark and I are keeping our fingers crossed that maybe that uh, not only do we see that record, that record set sometime uh, soon, but maybe see it set in the Alton Catfish Classic. Yep. That would be a that'd be a that'd be a headline one. maker, wouldn't it? Yep. <laughs> set that state record or that world yes, record in the Classic. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome, awesome yes, stuff. Yeah. 
Anthony, thanks so much for your time. Really love to hear that uh, hear that stuff from guys out there on the water, and uh, look forward to talking to you again very soon. We'll see you out there at Bluff City Outdoors, I'm sure, very soon also. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. you bet. See you, Anthony. Yep, Anthony Maggart there. Yep. Just caught a 104-pound catfish a couple weeks ago on the Mississippi River. He's caught a 114-pounder, and uh, I'm sure he's not done. No, no. I said, you know, it's it's kind of rare. It's it's rare for somebody to get a hundred, and then you, the people that catch have caught two of them. That's even a yeah. much smaller crowd. Yeah, no kidding. Know? That's pretty awesome. Goes to really show you what uh, his dedication and knowledge out there on the water. And and I love to talk to those type of guys. Another guy that's just like that uh, when it comes to bass fishing is our buddy Gabe Montgomery, a.k.a. the 10 Horse Monty from the 10 Horse Monty YouTube channel. He is going to join us, and uh, we're going to talk to him, and he is going to bring us his part of the fishing report. We'll bring you the entire fishing report and talk to the 10 Horse Monty next here on the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019-941 News Talk. Listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Going to talk to our buddy Gabe Montgomery, a.k.a. the 10 Horse Monty from the 10 Horse Monty YouTube channel. In just a moment, we'll also be bringing you this week's fishing report in just a moment. But I want to remind you, as we talk about all of these great outdoor activities Uh, One of those great outdoor activities is grilling and barbecuing. And want to remind you to make sure that you have a bag of Rockwood Lump Charcoal with you next time you're out there grilling. Rockwood Lump Charcoal, great local family-owned business. So you're supporting a great local company when you are supporting Rockwood Lump Charcoal. But you're also using the best product out there. Rockwood Lump Charcoal has been rated the number one consumer-ranked charcoal for nine years running nationwide. And the if you've never used lump charcoal before, you don't understand. It does it just gives you such a superior grilling experience over the traditional briquettes. Rockwood charcoal burns faster. It burns hotter. It gives you more control. Uh, those are all great things. Another great thing is you don't need nearly as much of it. So a 20-pound bag of Rockwood lump charcoal lasts a whole lot longer than a 20-pound bag of the traditional briquettes. So you're just getting a lot more bang for your buck on top of everything. And you're supporting a great local company. And you're supporting local industry. Missouri is the number one charcoal maker in the country. So next time you are going to be out grilling, make sure you have a bag of Rockwood at lump charcoal with you. Find uh, there's over a hundred area stores that Rockwood Lump Charcoal is in, all Ace Hardware locations, as well as many other locations. You can find the closest one to you and pick up some grilling tips and tricks all at rockwoodcharcoal.com. All right, had a great conversation that last segment with Anthony Maggart. He is the person, uh, one of the guys out at Bluff City Outdoors, and also a guy who made headlines here recently, catching a hundred pound plus. Catfish, 104-pound catfish on the Mississippi River. Had a great conversation with Anthony. If you missed that, make sure that you are subscribed to the Bluff City Outdoor Show podcast so you never miss any of those great conversations. 
Bluff City Outdoors show. We put this show on every podcast platform out there, so easy to find. You can also just go to the Bluff City Outdoors Facebook page every week, get our podcast there. So make sure you're checking that out. And uh, now let's go ahead and switch gears from uh, catfishing to bass fishing. And as I mentioned, we have our good friend Gabe Montgomery from the 10 Horse Monty YouTube channel on the line with us. Gabe, as always, it's great to talk with you and really appreciate your time this afternoon. How's it going, my friend? It is going good. It's always good to talk to you guys as well. I'm kind of wishing we were back a couple of days ago when the weather was so much more milder. Um, yeah. It's starting to get hot again. I was kind of getting spoiled. We had some, you know, like mid 70 degree days. I know. Some nice mornings, and now it's kind of slowly starting to turn into summer again. Yep. Yep, I do have some good news. For what you get. We have some good I do have some good news. We uh you know, on Columbo and Katie, we talk to Steve Templeton, chief meteorologist over at Channel Four, every Friday. And he said this weekend is going to be, you know, kind of hot and humid, kinda of like it's supposed to be on both Saturday and Sunday, and there's gonna be a little bit of weather in the area, so Depending on when you're listening to this, you know, just be you know aware of that. But uh, he said that coming up this week, we're going to be back into those low 80s, those days, yep. those highs in the low 80s. So, and Mark, you were saying that, um, uh, you know, if we can continue that pattern of a little bit cooler than normal temperatures, that that really sets the the, yeah, the, sets the classic up for, up for a really yeah, for, good for a better stringer of fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because usually in a normal year, you know, we're that second Saturday in September, we're about two weeks early where that really good bite starts turning back mm-hmm. on so gotcha. i'm hoping that uh and it's all temperature driven right you know, with these little bit cooler temps in the next you know two weeks look pretty good yeah yeah uh, that we should have could have a really a uh, better stringer fish so gabe is it that way for you out there bass fishing as well and i know you don't only bass fish but i know that's primarily what you do um, I don't mean to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, contain the 10 horse Monty into one, uh, into one species. <laughs> I would never be Take so, would never be so bold, but, uh, uh, but is it, the, is it the same for you? Is it the same experience when fishing for bass? I mean, obviously it's more comfortable for us. If, you know, it's, a, it's more comfortable to fish on a day that it's, uh, you know, 78 degrees than when it's 98 degrees. But uh, does it does it have a, a impact on and maybe a positive impact on uh, you know your ability to catch the fish? I think the next big thing that's getting ready to happen is the length of the day. And I've noticed mm. it was a couple of days ago I was out at my house and it was about seven thirty, and I noticed the sun was sitting right above the tree line. And you know we go through our normal days, and sometimes you know it takes several weeks or a month to notice when something is happening because it happens so slow the length of the day just changes by a minute or two each day you know mm-hmm. it's either getting longer or it's getting shorter and I, you know i look up at 7 30 and i'm like the days are getting shorter noticeably shorter mm-hmm. so that is something that any wildlife picks up on the length of the day that that had that plays a huge role in in the rut and in, in, in deer hunting um the spawn and you know and fish and also it kicks in that that maternal instinct in the fall they they know that fall is slowly starting to come and it's going to cause the fish to start thinking about feeding up a little more and that's probably the next biggest change that we are going to see as far as bass fishing is concerned we're we're still in a summer pattern and it's it's typically consistent i mean some things will change like when we have a big weather event we got a ton of rain over the last couple weeks it was like drought for a month and a half and then we had some rain that kind of mixed things up, cooled the water temperature down just a little bit. And that was a little bit of a break in the summer monotony. 
but that's short-term thing. It's kind of back to the way it was now. Um, so as these days get a little bit shorter, it will cause these fish to kind of move up um, shallower and start feeding up. And here's an interesting fact that my buddy Ron, who um, he lives on Lake of Egypt and he fishes over in Southern Illinois quite a bit. We were, he's on the live stream um, quite often. He's kind of one of our regular guests, but there's a local lake over there called Cedar Lake and it's this 1800 acre lake. It's um, the, the city of Carbondale. It's a water source for the city of Carbondale. And he has fished that lake since the eighties. Um, he said one thing that you will notice when the grass, the grass fishing will start getting really good once the college, once SIU gets back into session, because you have all these students that start using water and flushing toilets and taking showers, and it will actually draw the lake level down a couple, you know, six to eight inches. <laughs> and what that will do is it will cause the grass to mat out. So right now the grass is growing up to the water's surface. When you drop that water level six to eight to 10 inches, it causes that grass to, you know, the water to slide down below the surface of the grass and fold over and mat, mat up. That's when you get a really good frog bite and you get a really good punching bite. And I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. I've noticed that yeah. it happens in the fall, but I didn't know why. So, you know, obviously the water levels are lowest naturally because in, in the fall, just through summertime, the, the water levels naturally get sucked down because the sun evaporates it. But then you add um, a water supply lake and all these people taking um a pretty significant amount of water in a short time and that drops it even more and so you get these nice grass mats um yeah. and i'd seen it happen but i never knew exactly why so i thought that was a pretty interesting little tidbit it is pretty and you know what it's a great reminder for people that are you know that 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 are that more and more getting into fishing more spending more and more time out on the water and trying to educate yourself trying to learn you know uh, you know pick up on all these things you don't always just pay attention to things that are happening under the water. It's the whole environment, right? It's the whole, it's, it's ever, it's not, it's water temperature and it's those type of things that we talk about all the time. Uh, and you know, lake levels and things like that we talk about all the time, but it is, it's, it's the time it's when the sun rises and sets and, and, and little things about, uh, you know, the, the trees are the, you know, the type of, of structure along the bank. It's, it, it all, it all accumulates. And if you can just, you just learn about that environment as much as you can, Gabe, and it's it's it, it'll it'll be a good thing for you in the long run. Yeah, well said, man. You know that there's a lot of stuff going on out there. These are just these are animals. They're reacting to their environment. They're not distracted with all the amenities that us humans, you know, have. They're just they're they're there to eat and survive and and recreate. And um, that's mm -hmm. what makes them difficult sometimes, but it also makes them simple and then same sentence. So I want to get into the uh, fishing report here in just a moment. But before we do that, I know that we've, uh, speaking of the fishing report, we've talked a lot about the summer pattern. You just mentioned it again a moment ago, Gabe, the summer pattern. When we get, we're getting to that time of year where we're still in the summer pattern. I mean, it's still early August. We're still in the summer, but we're getting closer and closer to that changing uh, when we get to that point of the year, is it like a switch? Does it go from summer pattern to fall pattern like pretty quickly, or is it a long, drawn-out process that you got to kind of be aware of each step of the way? No, it's a slow, slow process. In this part of the country, in the middle of the country, if you if you live in an area, say, if you live up north where they have a shorter summer, things happen really quick. But in our section of 
the Midwest, it's drawn out. You know, it kind of starts happening slowly right now, and it, and it really has to do with the bait fish. The bait fish will start to slowly migrate. They'll if you're if you're on a body of water that has a lot of creeks, you'll see the bait fish kind of start wandering back in the creeks. You'll notice that they're in the pockets more than they are in the main lake, and they'll just kind of make this slow migration. But on most lakes, say say you're on a lake that doesn't have these um, long creeks, like a lot of the lakes in southern Illinois, they're a lot smaller. They're, it's not like Lake of the Ozarks or Kentucky Lake where they have a lot of big bays and creeks. Um, they'll still make migrations towards the bank. You you start seeing a void of shad out in the middle of the lake, and you start noticing them on the grass lines and popping up in the grass. That's when, to me, that's when you 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 know that the fall feed is getting ready to start happening. But it but it's spread out. It kind of starts happening slowly right now um, into September and October, and you know then by like November, it's kind of starting to get more into that early winter pattern. But but it's really based on the bait fish migration and the movement mm-hmm. of the bait because the bass that's their groceries. So wherever the bait goes they're going to follow the bait. So I just kind of keep an eye on that and um, let that dictate what kind of techniques and where I fish at. Yeah, all the more reason to keep also an eye on uh, our weekly fishing report right here on the Bluff City Outdoors show because we will, uh, you know, our guys out there, including Gabe, will uh, help you stay up to speed on all of those changes and what's working and what's not working as we go through another season change. So, uh, Gabe, uh, you can always follow Gabe, learn more, tons of such great, I mean, great fishing content at the 10 Horse Monty YouTube channel. I cannot recommend it enough. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're checking it out. So much great content uh, on a weekly basis there at the 10 Horse Monty YouTube channel. And, of course, Gabe is also part of our uh, fishing report each and every week. So, Gabe, before we let you go, we'll uh, let you bring us uh, personally live and in living color here, your part of the fishing report. So go ahead and kick us off, my friend. All right, man. Sounds good. Uh, Thanks for the shout-out. So, Southern Illinois, water temps are holding in that mid-80s. And they're still going to be clear. You know, we had some rain, but things are kind of clearing up. It takes it takes a really, really long extended period of rain to make any kind of stain happen in a lake, um, which I, I thought maybe that was going to be happening. But it really didn't. Not, not much has changed. The lake levels went up just six or eight inches. Um, it's just been so dry that it takes a lot to really make a difference in the lake. Um, so we're still in the summer pattern. Your traditional summer baits are going to work out deeper uh your you know your jigs and your worms things like that top waters in the morning just the standard stuff but i wanted to kind of touch on a little i've been kind of trying to do um more of a technique specific fishing report so it's not the same thing over and over um but but a wacky rig is something that is a really really great way to catch fish in the summertime the, the fish can get kind of kind of funky um, if you don't know what a wacky rig, it's just a, like a five-inch stick bait. So a Cinco is a popular brand of, of what you would use on a wacky rig. Uh, a Yumdinger is another brand that I like to use a lot. It's a little more affordable than the Yamamoto Cinco, but it's a hook, and you stick the hook in the middle of the worm, and I'm typically throwing that on a spinning rod. So eight-pound test tied to 15-pound floral. I'm going to be throwing that on a seven-foot medium spinning rod. And it's something you throw out and it falls really, really slow. So it appeals to the fish that are suspended. The fish in the summertime have a tendency to suspend. So you're going to be catching the suspended fish. And when it gets down to the bottom, you can kind of pop it up off the bottom, 
So you're going to be targeting the fish that are on the bottom and the fish that are suspended. It's kind of like killing two birds with one stone, but it's a super finessey bait. It's a smaller profile bait and it appeals to fish of all kinds. And that's a, that's a bait that you can put in your hand and fish likely areas, fish areas that you've caught fish on before. And you're going to get some bites no matter how tough it is. You can almost always scrounge up a few bites on a wacky rig. It's great around standing timber. It's great around docks like Lake of the Ozarks. You can, yeah. it skips really well. You can skip right up underneath those docks and just let it kind of fall. Um, so keep it simple green pumpkin june bug you know just a darker color and then a more natural color and um, it's just one of those things that kind of gets overlooked this time of year and i think if you throw it around you're going to catch some fish on it great stuff gay montgomery aka the 10 horse monty check him out of the 10 horse monty youtube channel and appreciate your time this uh afternoon and look forward to talking to you again soon my friend have a great rest of your day all right thanks you Thank bet. You guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, great stuff there. And, Mark, over to you for more of the fishing okay, report. Okay, we'll get going. Out the Truman Lake, uh, Jordan Lear, he's a guide and a buddy out there. Uh, crappie are good. Fish 10 to 20 feet of water, 7 to 15 feet down. Fish the standing timber on the main lake flats and the brush piles. Crappie bombs tipped with minnows are working great. Uh, trolling banded 300 crankbaits and number 7 flicker shad are working uh, well on the main lake flats. Catfish are fair. Drifted main lake flats and humps. Uh, 10 to 18 feet of water with fresh shad. Uh, fishing it live or cut. Bass fish, the, it's fair, fish the main lake points and brush piles, throw a half ounce football jigs around the brush piles, uh, 10 to 20 feet deep. Square bell crankbaits, 10 inch plastic worms, and brush hogs. Top water baits are working good in the early morning and the late evening. The spooks, whopper ploppers, and buzz baits. Walleye are fair, fish the main lake humps in the points, crawler harnesses, and trolling crankbaits working on the shallow flats, 10 to 20 feet. Throwing a three inch pearl and chartreuse slider on a quarter ounce head are also working on the humps. White bass and hybrids, good. Fish the main lake humps in the flats with live shad on a Carolina rig, 12 to 20 feet of water. Rattle traps are also working. Top water bite has been decent early morning and late evening with our spooks. Casting Charlie Brewer, three-inch uh, bass sliders on a quarter-ounce jig head and the flats in the humps are also working. Pearl and chartreuse are the colors. Jason Kaiser, uh, Mark Twain fishing intel. Bass, uh, bass are hit or miss for the most part. And there's been some bass caught on soft plastics, Texas rigged, shaky heads, and Carolina rigs. Points, bluffs, and pole timber are good targets right now. Key is to keep moving until you can find some active fish. Water has come up a little bit since the last rain we had. Crappie. Crappie are being caught in the brush and the laydowns. Smaller crappie in that 6 to 8 inch range are common right now. The eater crappie are hard to find. Uh, Got to just uh, keep keep sorting through them, he says. <laughs> Check flats on the pole timber and any brush or laydowns on the bluff walls. Plastics, hair jigs, and minnows are all catching fish. Catfish try the shallow flats with stink bait and chicken livers with rod and reels. And he just said, hey, become a member of his uh, uh, Mark Twain fishing intel. And uh, Carlisle, Eric Morey, the fishing magician. Yeah. Yep. Carlisle, the water level is 445.67 <laughs> and the water temp is 80 degrees. Just dropped a little bit. With the drop in the water temps, the white bass have slowed down a bit or are still catchable. But they're not on fire like they were uh, last week. Catfishing has been great from the boat on Triple uh, S and and boat or bank on triple s as well as shrimp and cut bait crappie are, are settling into the brush and are getting active in that 10 to 14 feet of water we're not the wren fred moody he's a guide out there he said just enough rain that is still holding at 406.1 the summer bite continues to be very good uh, upsized baits this past week to the three inch atx wicked shad and orange and chartreuse and black and chartreuse yeah we carry those mm -hmm. the outdoors, the outdoors. Yep, All Illinois. orange and pink jig heads. <laughs> did you call me? Yeah. We did, a, did very well in the water less than 10 feet deep. Catfishing is still phenomenal. Local rivers and leak, 
Lakes, again, are Eric Morey. Largemouth fighting is doing good on plastics and uh, jigs. And typical summer pattern for them. Catfishing has been great. The natural uh, natural bait colors is uh, – let me start over. Catfishing mm-hmm. has been great, and the natural bait is abundant and definitely working the best. And I know they've been catching a ton of uh, skipjack and uh, herring and stuff. So, oh, nice. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Good stuff. Crappie are biting, but definitely uh, seem to want to be uh, chasing the jig right now. White bass have slowed with the drop in the water temps, but are still catchable. River catfishing, Jason Schneiderhine. Water temps 83 degrees. Uh, downtown uh, water level is 5.64 and falling. Fishing is good, using shad mainly, catching them drifting and anchoring. Shelbyville, Mad England, lake level is 600.14. Water temps 86. Clarity is 12 to 14 inches towards the south. He said both the crappie and the catfish are biting well. And over to you. All right. And Mike Marfell with the Lake of the Ozarks bass fishing report. Still full-blown summer pattern. Target deep brush on main lake points, channel swings, and bluff ends with a 5-8 to 1-ounce jig or a 10 to 12-inch Texas rigged worm. He says, I prefer to target the piles in 20 feet plus. Good topwater bite early and late or all day if we have rain and or heavy cloud cover. Crocogator X-Bite, skirtless buzz baits with their Crocogator X-Toad as your trailer. I prefer the black with gold blade and a black X-Toad, all available. Bluff City Outdoors. Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, Illinois. He says, uh, Lake of the Ozarks, so there is always a good dock bite to be had. Skipping a jig tube or wacky rigged worm around the docks this time of summer, I concentrate on the docks on large steep banks with large rock. And he capitalizes the word large, so he's serious about it. And also the big commercial docks by swimming a jig or working a jerkbait as fast as I can. He says, be safe and courteous on the water as always wear that life jacket and kill switch anytime the outboard is in use it's still hot so stay hydrated to maximize your day on the water great stuff there and that's going to about do it for this edition of the show but i want to remind you of course we're back here each and every week for you on the bluff city outdoors show you can uh, keep up with us all the time on our podcast we're available on basically every podcast platform there is just look up the bluff city outdoors show can always count on us each and every week for great discussion and the fishing report. And also keep up with everything that's happening at Bluff City Outdoors on the Bluff City Outdoors Facebook page. You can also get our podcast there as well. So we'll see you next week. And for producer Leah and my partner Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the Bluff City Outdoors show here on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STS. Got your fishing hooks, they got your dirty books, they got your rebel flag on the wall. Sign says beer, bait, ammo, yeah, you asked me that.